What's going on, everybody? Howdy ho, folks. We are back again with episode number 85. But we're... before we get into that, we're going to talk about some other stuff super quick. Yes. About like uh, studio headphones. Yeah, not even not even just headphones anymore. They got Bluetooth speakers. They do. They have a Bluetooth speaker. And it's called the Femtio. It comes in silver, black, or gray, and it runs about 140 bucks. If you want to see what it looks like, go check out our Facebook page. Absolutely. Because Kevin did post a uh, little post on that. Because I want one. Yeah. It's like I've got like five Bluetooth speakers around my house, and I just want just that one. He's kind <laughs> of a Bluetooth nut. Because I don't watch a lot of TV. I usually got like a podcast or music or something going. And you I do. just, you know, I'm just fucking around with, with noise. That's all. Yeah, it looks really nice. Though. Yeah. A little, real sleek design on and it. And a 14-hour battery life on a full charge. That's crazy. I don't even, th- I have one that I don't think that it has that long. No, mine are like three, four hours at the most usually. Yeah. I, I Hopefully it'd be, I'd have to get one at some point because I yeah. want to try it because hopefully it's easier than uh, the one I have to... Uh, pair up i'm yeah. pretty sure it's going to be but uh yeah so find your earbuds your headphones or your speaker put that in your uh, basket go to checkout and put the dark windows promo code of dark windows 15 in to get 15 percent off your entire purchase because you know we love you and you know we like to share things like that with you yeah also go over to darkwindowspod.threadless.com get a t-shirt for your gross body just like mine <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You guys are awesome. I'm just a fat pig, and I'm like, I want a new T-shirt. Um, hey, if you happen to see... They got see, T-shirts. Yeah. They got sweatshirts. They got skateboards. They got fucking shower curtains. You can get all that stuff with our logo on it if you want it, which is weird. Just get a T-shirt or something. Like, don't get a shower curtain. That's fucking bizarre. I'm going to get a shower curtain. You don't even have a shower. Yes, I say do. You do not. Do too. Pfft. All right. You fine. bathe in the snow, you fucking pig. Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Anyway, I'm not a pig. It's wine. (laughs) Anyway, so this week, we kind of hinted at it last week, but we're going to do some Slavic monsters because we haven't done this yet, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Kevin's been, like, just just saying, please, come on, come on. He's been trying to hint at it, like, quite a bit. I've watched The Witcher all the way through twice. I have not done that. And I'm working through The Witcher 3. So Slavic monsters have been kind of like in my brain for the last right, right in the brain two months. School. Yeah. So you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. So my I'm I'm just gonna preface this by saying all of my monsters are I as far as I know I'm not really deep into the um the lore of the Witcher. So probably my brother would be like, yes, Kevin. I've heard those or that one or no, I haven't heard that one. But there's but. also this neat thing called the uh, the Witcher Beastiary that you can look all that stuff at, up in. Well, I'm not. I'll that do cool. it as you, I'll do it as you're talking because I'm the one that thought about doing that. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, so my first one is called the Ovinic, which is also called the Podovinic or the Osetnik. Um, it's the in the Slavic mythos. They are the spirit of the threshing barns. Now, you might be asking, what's a threshing barn? I was just about, maybe like hay storage? Well, no. Fucking hay ghost? It's, no. Okay. (laughs) It's uh, it's actually where... Barley ghost? What? Nothing. Did you say a barley? A barley. Is that like a parlay? No, no. It's letter kidding. That one's wheat. That one's barley. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'll, I'll shut my stupid fucking mouth. <laughs> okay. What the, a threshing barn is, is a barn where you bring your crops, say corn, wheat, um, tobacco, and what you can do is you can hang your, like, if it's the toba- for tobacco, you take it and you hang it. Okay. So it dries. Yep. Kind yep. of the same with corn. Hard to you, smoke it wet. No. You you shouldn't smoke it wet. You shouldn't smoke it at all. It's not good for you, but it's really, really good. Well, it's, <laughs> I think actually, I mean, I don't know. I might be wrong. Tobacco itself isn't necessarily bad for you. It's all the extra shit they put in yeah. cigarettes that's bad for you. I mean, I don't, I don't think that smoking an actual tobacco leaf is bad. Well, it's like, like coca, like the coca leaf. Doesn't fuck you up. It's more for altitude sickness. It's when you well, it does fuck you up though. It not not like when you process it and turn it into cocaine. Well, no, because that's some weird shit in there. Yeah, but no, it's like baby coca leaf stuff actually will get you high as fuck. It will, but it also does help with sickness, as I've you know we've heard and I've seen with uh, what's his name Uh, Josh Gates because he had uh, he was given some by. some Sherpas going into the the uh, Andes, is it? Oh, yeah, those aren't Sherpas. Sherpas are in I don't know. Tibet. What, well, I don't know what they're actually <laughs> called. Not all mountain people are Sherpas, Kevin, you racist. Well, no, isn't a Sherpa technically somebody that just brings you up into the mountains? No, no, like Sherpa is like their title, it's like their name with a lot of them. Okay, yeah. I just thought it, a Sherpa was just a, a general title for a person who brings you up in the mountain. So sorry if I You should you. be. Jesus Christ. But got me right in my fucking Sherpa feels. On well, that anyway, one. so if you bring the, those materials in, so you get bringing your tobacco, your corn, whatever, and you process it out through there. So it, it, it the tobacco dries. The wheat is where you bring it in and you actually beat it. Um, Just to, beat it? To separate it. To separate the, uh, the seed from the wheat the, from the chaff. <laughs> Pretty sure where that term comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Took me a minute to kind of... You got to go beat your wheat. <laughs> yes, beating your wheat. Hmm. But anyway, so that's what you do. You bring it in there and it goes and gets separated and stored and all that good stuff. Um, But it actually... Well, I didn't, I didn't know it, but it's like actually a bigger barn, like a really big barn that it's actually open on both ends. Mm-hmm. So it kind of allows for the airflow. Air yep. Makes sense. So, with that said, let's get back to uh, the Ovenic. They are (laughs) shut up. (laughs) They are portrayed as a hairy creature with shiny eyes like burning coal. They are said to have, I'm sorry, said to take the form of a black cat. It is also said that they bark like a dog, giggle loudly, and clap their hands. So it's some kind of a shifter. Yeah. Okay. They are said to be part of the. Damavoy spirit family, which are spirits that attend activities on the tend to activities on the farmstead. Okay, so they're one of the farm entities, right? They're a portion of that. That's where you get like your uh, like Lady Midday, yeah, which is like uh, which in the Witcher games in the series would be the Noon Wraith, which is the one that you have to fight by the well in the Witcher Three during broad daylight because <laughs> that one's that was funny because that's actually a um. 
not a personification per se, whatever, Yeah. but of heat stroke. So people like when you're out working in the fields, they would get fucking heat stroke and they would start hallucinating and they'd see this woman coming mm-hmm. at them and they'd just pass out. And that's where that whole thing comes from. Cause I was going to do that one, but I decided against it. Well, so you guys just got a freebie. <laughs> uh, so now I have to go back again because the reason why I mentioned uh, the thresher burns and what they actually uh, what they what they're meant for is because in Russia the thresher burns are actually two levels. Um, the first floor is a has a primitive furnace on it, and the second is actually where the the crops are brought to dry. Okay, so the bottom so, floor. You, you build a fire there, and it helps dry everything out above. Yeah. Okay, it makes sense. Because apparently, I guess, in Russia, it's not as warm. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Really? I've never been to Russia. No shit. I never would have guessed that it's not super warm in Russia, usually. I don't know. I've never been there, so I don't really know if it gets actually warm during the summertime or if hmm. not. I don't know. Or during the time of when crops are... Harvested, which would be in October-ish, yeah, which may be sooner in Russia. I'm not sure. Yeah, I know they have half the gravity as from of us, you know. <laughs> sure, if you say so. That's how it works. <laughs> so, so the space program failed. <laughs> ah, no. We got to do an episode on those guys, though. <laughs> those poor bastards are just like, hey, we're gonna put you in a fucking missile and shoot you into the air. Okay, cool. You might die. What? Like on your way, like on the way out of the, out of orbit. They're like, oh yeah. By the way, you might die while you're up there. You did what? What? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We we wanted to wait and let you know then. So so the reason why I mentioned that the threshing barns in Russia are two level structures is because um, the Ovenic in that particular region um, actually lives in that like lower level in a pit under the threshing barn. Okay. okay. So is it a ghost or is it like an elemental kind of thing? Uh, elemental. Okay. Sorta kinda. Uh their main task is to keep the barn safe from fire, maintain order, and make sure sheaves, which are bundles of of the crops stored. Uh, so it basically take you you take the your uh crop of like corn you put bundle together and you know and then you stack it mm-hmm. same with wheat yeah you know or or tobacco or whatever right i, I thought you were gonna say it was like a she thief or something yeah yeah uh, so lady they, burglars so they make sure that the sheaves are actually laid correctly now the russians feel that they should keep the the threshing barns as far away from the main house as in other structures as possible because of the Vinic, because they don't want to make it mad and use the furnace to burn down the whole village. That makes sense. Or, the, well, the whole farmstead, I should say. That makes sense. You know, I, I found a lot of stuff like that with, like, uh, different lores where if you have, like, specific building spirits, if mm-hmm. you're good to them, they're like, oh, no, we'll help you out. And if you make them angry, they're like, we're going to burn your fucking house down. Yeah. And that seems like one of them. So that's a good idea yeah, to this, keep that away from it. This is definitely one of those ones that is like that. Uh, peasants feared that this thing so much that they felt that they should uh, not fire up the furnaces on days such as days that are windy 
or on certain name days. Right. Uh, the Like the Feast of the Cross, Feast of St. Felca, and the Feast of the Intercession of the Mother of God, which okay. is more of one of that was actually like uh, in ancient times. Yeah, right. Not yeah, so yeah. much. No, no problem. Um, if the peasants failed to observe the holidays in windy days and they lit the furnace, you know, willy-nilly, they said to hell with them, you know, we're going we're gonna to do it anyway. Right. Well... There was consequences, and the spirit. And the consequences were that the spirit may burn down the barn itself, and with no one in it, or they may burn it down with the farmer inside of it. Okay, and kill the farmer, or anyone else inside the barn. Yeah, because you know you just pissed them off. So guess what? Ha ha. Yeah, I mean, I like that a lot of the stuff, like uh, like the house spirits and stuff like that, is just explanations for why you should just use common sense yeah <laughs> i mean like, it, hey you're in a wide open barn and you gotta light a fire here maybe don't do it when it's windy because that could cause a fire yeah exactly yeah well, <laughs> but no this, maybe, this maybe one, i'm wrong maybe common sense doesn't exist and it is all fucking ghosts who knows true now this one may also be because i it might also apply that i don't know if it actually applies the same as like um hey but i'll Hi, I mentioned before with uh, this, they watch out for the stacking of the sheaves. Mm-hmm. Well, if so happens that the farmer stacks the sheaves wrong, they oven it gets upset and may also burn the place down as well. Okay, so it's touchy. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't like I said I don't know if this applies the same way as hay because if hay if you put it in when it's I believe it's when it's damp or wet yeah you put it actually can actually you put if you put wet hay and then dry hay on top of it it'll catch on fire yeah yep um so that i don't i don't know for sure i'd have to actually talk with my dad or some other farmer to actually know if putting in wheat or corn or whatever because i know corn is actually will um if it's stacked can uh, like if it's turned into um, silage, mm-hmm. it actually retains heat right. and it will actually bake itself. Yeah. So I don't know if this will actually catch on fire. So that might be one of those, you know, but cautionary mean, tales as well. But wheat and hay are pretty similar. True. Pretty similar product there. Yeah. Um, the tobacco I don't think would catch on fire because it's fairly dense. I don't think it would. Yeah. And it's it's wider leaves, so it kind of like dissipates the heat better. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. know. No. The peasants actually took this superstition further of uh, not pissing off the ovenic. Mm-hmm. They actually went as far as not even heating the barn without asking permission first. Yep. Absolutely. And the ovenic was was so revered that the peasants would um, bring it pies to appease them. <sighs> <laughs> how do and, I, how do I get people to bring me pie to appease me? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Just do something fucking. I gotta start burning houses down until somebody brings me a pumpkin pie. What the fuck? You might have to. Now, they um, now they're so they're so revered also that they are consulted for New Year's, and the touch of an avenic would determine their fortune for the year, the New Year. Hmm. Now, a warm touch meant good luck. And fortune, while a cold touch means unhappiness. Yep. That makes sense, son. So to appease this situation, 
you, the, the peasant, would sacrifice a rooster, and the head would be chopped off, and the blood would be spread in all four corners of the barn. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty standard for uh, animal sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's chopping how, the head off. That's how so, I do it, at least. I don't. I don't. I don't spread to the four corners. No, just the compass. You know, all that. No, I just kind of just just let it bleed out. Fuck it. I'm just. I'm. Well, that's because you know when you do it, it's to kill it to eat it. It's not actually sacrificing it. Oh. You know. Damn. Yeah. All right. Fine. See, that's where voodoo gets it right, though. Because you sacrifice an animal, the blood is for the gods, the meat is for the people. So it's not like you're just fucking, you know, like lopping a chicken's head off and wasting it, because then you get chicken. So, True. perfect. Now, with all this said, it kind of, the Ovidic is being portrayed as somewhat of a, of an, well, hate to say it, but an asshole. Why do you hate to say asshole? I say it all the time. I know you do, but I'm trying not to you know, swear as much as you. Oh, pff, whatever. Well, anyway, so they're being betrayed more like an asshole and not a a benevolent um, spirit that will help you. It's just, you know, basically they're in fear of this the whole time. Right. Now, but I did find another source that perceived it as actually a good spirit and um, not one that needs to be messed with at all. Because it actually will actually protect over the children when I say not to be messed with. Because if you mess with the children, it's going to mess with you. Right. Oh, that makes sense. So hmm. that's uh, that's the Ovidic. Okay. Awesome. What's yours? Uh, my first one's going to be the Vodnik. Ooh. Which we have, we have a uh, a theme here: the Ovidic, the Vodnik. Well, they're completely different, though. No, I'm just um, saying the the ick. Yeah. Well, it's fucking Russian. <laughs> They only have so many backwards R's they can put in shit. All right, all right. <laughs> um, which this one, if you if you just type in Vodnik, you're going to get some, like, grab bag results. You're going to get either what I'm about to talk about or an armored personnel carrier. <laughs> so um, so we're going to talk about the armored personnel carrier, right? I, I did the research the on that, but I figured I'd save it for later. Oh, damn. Um, so the, the way I broke mine down is because I, I tried to cover stuff that you would run into in The Witcher, either the game, the book, or the Netflix series. Uh-huh. So, in The Witcher series, the Vodnik is represented by a few different creatures, um, mostly being um, the Drowner and the Mucknixer. If you played The Witcher for more than probably an hour, you've probably run into Drowners somewhere before. They're these weird little blue humanoid kind of fish people that live down by the water. They've got like a fin kind of mohawk thing going on. Um, and usually if you run into like one or two of them, they're not too, too bad. But when you start getting into like six, seven, eight of them, you're you're going to be in for a bad time. And you're going to yeah. like roll out of the way and fucking flames and shit. And you get back in there. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of a fish person kind of thing. Uh think almost like a creature from the black lagoon style. Um, but in the lore, it's actually fairly similar. Um, in Slavic lore, the Vodnik is a male water spirit, which takes the shape of a naked old man with a frog face and a green mossy kind of beard. Um, his body's usually covered in algae and muck. Does that sound like something we may have run into in, in an episode where we visited Ohio a long ass time ago? Hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I'll cut that part <laughs> out. Um, the fingers are webbed. The eyes are red like burning coals. Now, when you get the Vodnik angry, it will break dams. It'll destroy water mills. And if you get too close, it will actually grab you and drown you. Uh, you, any of your livestock, anything that's with you, it's going to try to kill you. Huh. I saw. So part of yours is uh, the same thing as the Ovenic. Mm-hmm. And then you have what you're talking about is something close to one of the ones I have as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, again, like most cautionary tale things, which is what most of this lore is, it's basically saying don't go near you know, running water or deep water by yourself where you could drown. And there's really no explanation for it. If you know how to swim mm-hmm. other than the fact that maybe you get caught up in like undertow or algae or something like that. And it just pulls you down in. Yeah. Um, so Russian fishermen and outdoorsmen would actually fairly often perform sacrifices to the Vodnik so that they were not either a drown or B dragged away to the kingdom of the Tsar Vodian which is literally the king of the frogmen. Mm. So that one's pretty cool. Um, and they also actually, like I said, mine are, mine are all kind of short. The Vodnik also makes an appearance in another book series that I think both of us are probably fair to say that we're both pretty big fans of. They make an appearance in one of the books of Monster Hunter International when he goes to Russia. Huh. I don't remember that, yeah. but I'm going to say sure, because I just don't remember it. it but um, uh, I don't remember which one it was. It was like five or six, but yeah. Okay. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Huh. So uh, what's your next one? All right. My next one is the Liko, which is also known as the Licho or the Liho. That almost sounds Finnish. Well, it is found in fairy tales of several Eastern Slavic countries. Hmm. Okay. okay. The Liko is the Russian word for bad luck. It is often described as an elderly woman dressed entirely in black or as a male goblin-like creature. Some have described the Liko as being a giant who is taller than the trees. The most distinct feature of the Liko is that it has one eye, like a cyclops in the Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. There are various uh, stories about the terrifying creature usually ending with something bad happening to the person who encounters the Liko. In some of these tales, there are uh, valuable lessons that may be picked up by those who listen to them. In ancient times, the Liko was believed to be a servant of death. Um, During the pre-Christian times, villages would conduct certain rituals during... Uh, times of epidemic a famine like idol um, with one eye would be built and then used to kindle a sacrificial fire which in the hopes was destroying this uh this effigy of the creature um would actually get rid of the epidemic in the village so it's kind of pretty cool i don't yeah i'm trying to i was trying to think of when i read this I was trying to think of any, any, any other um, things I've actually heard of that they actually do this with, but I've never, I never actually heard of anything like this before. Yeah, 
That's a weird one. Yeah, I, I just never have. I mean, somebody else may have actually come across something like that in their uh, in their knowledge base, and I'd like to hear about it. That'd be pretty cool. So, while Aliko is not a major character in the Slavic mythology like the uh, Baba Yaga, which is a witch, she she's gonna she has to get her own episode. She's that she important. Does. Yeah, so so they're not like the Baba Yaga being a you know a major character in the um, mythos of the Slavic traditions. Um, there's not really many stories about them, right? But I did for I did find one of the stories, and one of the stories was that the Liko would jump onto its victims and grabs a hold of their neck, and when the the Liko's on grabbed like clinging onto their neck, mm-hmm. um, the unfortunate victim tries to get them off because they're in the and can't because they're grabbing them so tight yep. that they would see a body of water and try to free themselves so they figure hey well i'll, I'll go in there and i'll try to get it off by yep, going in there well instead of getting the the leco off they actually yeah like you said drowned that it, it's kind of it's almost similar to like a kelpie from scotland yeah, like that water course, except that you stick to, and it yep. fucking drowns you. Now, so huh. so instead of actually, yeah, you know, like I said, getting them off, they die, and well, the Lico just moves on in search of their next yeah. victim. Um, now, now let's just say the Lico doesn't isn't actually the reason for, um, them drowning, mm-hmm. like so many of the other ones that are on the Slavic tradition that are um out there that. Do, do cause drowning like you know the one you just covered right um they are just a byproduct of it you know you, you're trying to get them off well yeah you're and you dummy and you're you drowned yeah now i did find another tale about the leco which um presents another means that it actually kills its victims mm-hmm. and in this tale uh two men a and one of them is a tailor and the other one's a blacksmith set out on a quest to seek out evil, which neither of them has met before. One night, the two men arrive at a hut of an old hag and sought shelter with her. Unbeknownst to them, they had come to face, face-to-face face with the Liko. The hag told the two men that she would eat them. Having uh, prepared her stove, the Liko slaughters the tailor, cooks him, and devours him. The Liko then prepares to eat the blacksmith, who reveals his profession and offers to forge the creature anything she might want. Ooh. Delico thinks of for a while and asks the blacksmith to forge a new eye for her as she only she has only one. The blacksmith agrees on the condition Delico allows herself to be bound. The reason for this was that the new eye had to be hammered in place ah. and any sudden movement would cause a mishap. So this dude's smart. He's like, well, we're going to get this eyeball in there and I'm just going to yeah. fucking crack her in the teeth with this thing. We'll run away. So once the Lico was securely bound to a chair, the blacksmith got a hold of a rod, oh. and uh, which was hot, and pierced the Lico's one eye. Mm. So she basically, this her way of killing victims is actually to lure them in. You know, so basically this, this tale says, this is how you, this is what happens if you get lured in. And you're going, you you're going looking for evil. You find evil. Yeah. Well, this is how you 
defeat it. You stab evil in the eyeball. With a hot poker. Yeah. I mean, anything I think would work in a pinch. You get like a pencil or something, just jam it in there and twist. Hot poker to the eye. Dead every time. Yeah. So. What if you don't have time to heat the fucking poker up? (sighs) Then, I don't know. I think you just poke it. I don't know. I don't think that'll work. I'm pretty sure if you get stuck in the eye with anything, it's going to make you a little upset. Listen, mister, it has to be hot. Okay, fine. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) At least iron. (laughs) All right, all right. So. That's number two. That's the that's the Lico. Yeah. What's your number two? My second one is the Kikimora. Ah, the Kikimora. Which, if you've watched The Witcher, which I know you have, uh-huh. the opening scene where he's in the swamp with a deer. Yep. And that giant, like, slimy spider thing with a mm-hmm. human head comes up out and he fights it and he's like holding him underwater and he gets his sword and he comes back up and cuts one of the arms off and fucking stabs it in the head. Yeah. That is the Kikimora in the show. And in the games, it's very, very similar, weird, giant insectoid kind of dealy. Yeah. Um, and then he killed that deer because it was already hurt. So he well, was hungry. That's the only logical yeah. way to do it. I mean, man's got to eat. Of course. In the lore, it's completely different to what you see in the show or in the games. Really? Yes. So the Kikimor in Slavic lore is a female house spirit. She, uh, there's not one Kikimora, but there's one for every home, basically. Okay. So every home could have one. Okay. She's known for spinning, weaving, and needlework. Um, and if the family keeps her happy, she'll actually work as a uh, protector spirit, kind of, for the home. Um, tending to the chickens, uh, repairing clothing and small household items, stuff like that. Um, so kind of like the Ovenic, sort of. Similar, yeah. Every... You know, every every thresh threshing barn has a ovenic. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the Kiki, the Kikimora is also considered a uh, a chicken goddess. <laughs> which I thought was weird. Um, <laughs> okay, but it's it's one of those things where like if you were a chicken farmer, you would hope that you had a Kikimora around. He called me a chicken fucker, boss. <laughs> sorry, I will trade you an already fucked chicken. Um, so sorry, I just have- no. <laughs> It just can't. It, it just it's perfect. It was, and it's one of those things where if I, if you had not said that, and I was editing, I'd go, "Fuck, he should have said that there," or <laughs> "I should have said that." But now we don't have to worry about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but no, if if you were like specifically a chicken farmer, you would hope that you had a Kikimora around to help you tend the chickens and keep them safe and all that from predators and uh-huh. scumbags yeah. that would you know steal your chickens to eat. So it prevents that, yes, from happening. Cool. If you keep her happy. The Kikimora also have psychic abilities and can warn the family about upcoming tragedies and arrivals. Can't really give you much good news, but she can say, hey, somebody's about to die or somebody's going to get hurt or your fucking Amazon package is going to be here in 30 minutes, basically. Son of a bitch. (laughs) So if you get her mad, she'll start start stealing things that you feel are important to you that you Uh keep around your house. So, like, your car keys, your wallet, uh, stuff like that. Items that are, yep. like, you're like, I need this stuff. Everyday, everyday items that yeah. you're doing, you need to, or feel you need to to um, go about your day. Yes. So, she's she's a very small figure. Um, they said she's about as tall as a small child and as thin as a str- uh, piece of straw. 
So very small. Um, so the items that she's taking obviously aren't huge. Like she's not going to take your uh-huh. car. She's not going to steal one of your kids or something like that. But she will also find small things in your house, like uh, drop coins, drop buttons, um, stones that maybe got dragged in on your shoes. And she'll hide in the corners and throw them at you. And she's very accurate. <laughs> I kill her. Yeah. Well, you can't because she's a spirit. So she's either already dead or you are in a different plane of existence. Well, listen. I mean, who are you going to call? The Ghostbusters. Geralt of Rivia. And he'll well, kill true. this bitch dead. That's true. Silver. <laughs> yeah, you got to use your silver blades with Definitely. this thing. Or find a wizard or fuck wizards are, wizards are fucking gay dude come on get with the program don't get i'll take care of her you get what's her name there it's like even as a hunchback she was pretty i was like huh and then you're just like wait a minute they got it and i saw pictures i'm like they do a lot of makeup to make this girl ugly like that's a lot because it takes a lot to make someone that attractive that ugly <laughs> they did really good work though I they was, did gotta say so she usually lives in the darker corners of the house, um, like behind the stove or down uh-huh. in the cellar. When you get a look at her, the Kikimora is usually described as looking like a small little old crone or an old hag uh. with a chicken face. It's like a chicken-like face, but with human skin still stretched over it. Huh. Really unsettling to kind of think yeah, about, you know, like if you were to take a chicken and stretch human skin over it. That's weird. It's gross. Kind of, kind of, almost reminds me of uh, uh, like a little bit of the face that uh, oh, the, the 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 couple when they stretch their freaking noses yeah, out from in Beetlejuice. Uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that was unsettling as hell when I was a kid. Oh, it still is. That was weird. Okay, so we're gonna take our break right here because we each have one left, right? One and a little bit. One ish left. One ish. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna take our break and we will be right back. We are back to finish this off. Yes, we are. So the, my third creature of Slavic lore is called the uh, Rusalka, which are mermaid-like creatures that instead of having uh, fins, they actually have legs and can walk on land, unlike a traditional mermaid. Um, some of the research I, I was looking into actually kept referring to the Rusalka Rusalka. As a Rusalki, which is the plural so of Rusalka. So more than one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I probably will just, from now on, refer to them as the Rusalki. Um, just so that it's much easier that way. Just because, I mean, instead of just saying Rusalka the whole time and then confusing everyone. So the Rusalki live in rivers, lakes, as opposed to mermaids, which they only live in the sea. Um, so with that said, they are nymphs who appear in the shape of a beautiful woman. Uh, another source said that they, um, are actually the soul of a child who died unbaptized or of a virgin who was drowned, whether accidentally or purposely. There is a lot of stuff that like lore wise between different cultures that goes with the dying unbaptized thing. There's a lot of that. As a matter of fact, I just found one that I'm going to add to the very end because it's one of the most unsettling things I've seen in a video game. And I didn't realize it was actually based on something. That's why I didn't pick it until just now. So continue, please. But yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff like that where like if you die unbaptized, you are fucked, basically. Yeah, or it's 
they they don't portray them as a lot as uh, like beautiful women. They don't. They're not like too much in the way of like they're they're a younger aged or whatever right, or male or female. It's usually they're old woman or young kid. Because when you first started, my my thought my mind almost kind of went to siren. Yeah. And then when you got to the point where it's like, no, it's usually a, a young kid or an old woman. I was like, okay, so maybe not. Yeah. So the Slavs uh, of different areas have assigned different personalities to the Rusalki. So around the Danube river where they are called, they are actually called the vile, vile or the Vila. Um, the Rusalki are beautiful, charming girls dressed always in light robes of of mist, swinging, s- singing sweet, bewitching songs to passers-by, which there you get what you said, the siren. Okay, it makes sense, then, yeah. The Rusalki of northern Russia are ugly, unkempt, wicked, and invariably naked, and always eager to ambush humans. Huh. All the Rosoki love to entice men. Then the vile, which is the ones around the Danube. Yep. Uh, they enchant them, and the northern Rosoki, which I said before, in northern Russia, um, they torture them. They torture men. Yeah. Fucking douchebags. Well, when it becomes now, if you see this, you think, okay, well, women are, you know, not in the picture of this, and they're they're okay. They they just won't be attacked. Ha ha! No, not true. Bisexual attackers. <laughs> they they are they do not discriminate. They will attack women. Bisexual sea witches. Not oh. sea witches. River witches. I'm still going to go with Sea Witches because I'm going to name my band that. Ooh, that's a good one. Nice. Siren Blood? We are the Bisexual Sea Witches. Bisexual Sea Witches. Nice. Ah, Nice. I like it. Me too. It's got a good ring. It does. It's pretty neat for a folk band too. Hmm? Yeah. Very. So uh, (laughs) when it comes to attacking women, they are not left out of the mix. They do get attacked. And if one is lucky enough to escape to be grabbed by a Rosalki, uh, they might not die. Or un- I shouldn't say lucky enough, unlucky enough to be grabbed by a Rosalki. Right. Yep. They don't always get killed. Okay. They are actually sometimes tickled. Ooh. Yes. Are we talking like death by Snoo Snoo here? Or? I'm not quite sure if it's um to the death, but... <laughs> Tickled to death. No, no. Tickled by death. Ooh, damn. I don't like the sounds of that. That sounds uncomfortable. Uh, that made me uncomfortable hearing that. I know. But that's it gives them the name of the tickler. Ooh. I know. The French tickler? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the Russian tickler. So it goes up your ass instead? <laughs> yes. Like all the way up. Around the butthole. The Russian tickler is just like a condom with barbed wire hanging at the bottom of it. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know I don't. Yeah. In many myths in this, uh, the Slavic mythos, 
Uh, she's often mentioned as an obstacle for good people, especially men. Rusalki often come out of the water, climb a tree, or sit on a dock, and sing or comb their hair. So this way... That's still pretty siren-esque. Yeah. Siren, mermaid-esque. Yeah. Sometimes they join together and do a circle dance in a field. Okay, so they're so uh, like, uh, like kind of fey folk a little bit, yeah. like fairyish. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. So they're kind of like a cross between them. Huh. Okay. Uh, that's was, a, that's weird. Like, there's a lot of shit going on with this thing. Yeah, the Rasoki have either green or golden hair, which always stays wet because if it's dried out, she could die. Kind of like a mermaid. If a mermaid doesn't stay keep their um lower half i guess or the whole bot you know some portion portion of them wet they actually will die i was i almost thought more like uh like the kappa from japan where it's like that giant like ninja turtle looking thing but it's got like a dip in its head with water and if it dumps Uh, the water out it'll die yeah well kind of the same i think mermaids are the same way too well they don't have a dip in their head that's true they don't as far as I know. Their hair is sometimes green because of the seaweeds to which they have been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, their, pale, their skin is pale and also sometimes greenish as well. Okay. That sounds about right for a sea thing. Some legends say that the Rasoki are ghosts of drowned women, brides killed just before their wedding day, or deceived lovers who commit suicide. So their name is very likely to derive from Rusali. Uh, I'll I'll spell that. It's R-U-S-A-L-I-I. Okay. Okay. Which is the um, a Slavonic festival to honor the dead. Hmm. Okay. Neat. Um, there. Now, this reason. This is the reason for their uh, deadly nature, meaning they are. Taking revenge for the wrongdoings that they have suffered. Makes sense. And in other stories, the Rasalki uh, may fall in love with a man from the uh, world of the living, but they always end in tragedy. No good may come from the, this love story at all. Just like The Little Mermaid, the original version, like the Hans Christian Andersen version. Actually, I don't even know. Dark that. as fuck. Really? Yeah. Like, read that one and then go watch the Disney movie and go, oh, yeah, they took some liberties here. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking dark. Now, with that said, I guess uh, according to the sources I found, gods, Slavic gods, aren't immune to the Rasalki. Okay. Really? Yeah. I found that there's gods such like uh, uh, Purun. Uh, Savarog, Velus, and many others uh, fell victim or fell for the beauty of, of the Rasalki. Hmm. Uh, you know, see. I've been thinking about it. We have actually covered some Slavic stuff. Yeah. Because we did, uh, when we did our Death Gods episode, I talked about Chernabog. Yeah. Who's another fucking, like, yeah. Hmm. Another one that Disney took some fucking shots at. Now, in the ancient times, when I say ancient, I mean anything before the 19th century. They were actually seen in a different light. Um, now, in time, in different times of the year, 
they would actually come out and they'd actually dance and walk around the nearby woods, especially in the summer. The Rusalki, uh, there is actually a week that is uh, for the Rusalki, okay, which is in early June, and but that's actually when they're supposed to be at their most dangerous time is during that period. Okay. Now, when I said not before the 19th century, you know, when they were before the 19th century, they were seen as good. It was because you had to actually start, you know, putting some kind of fear in things. Yeah. You know, during during this time is more like a more of a fear that end when Christianity starts rolling into places, you take all their folklore and be like, oh no, that's that's the devil. Yeah, we saw that with fucking uh, Norse mythology. A yeah, lot. because well. During like the you know, ancient times, the Rasulki was seen as creatures of fertility. Uh, they were seen as creatures of fertility. Yeah. Where after, during the 19th century and after, they were seen just as evil spirits, just evil creatures that, you know, would always, would just do you harm at all times. Yes. Uh-oh. So that is the Rasulka or Rasulki as I've been referring to it as. Okay. That was a cool one, too. I like that. Yeah. What's your third one? My third one is going to be the Leshen, or the Leshy, depending on yeah. basically different pronunciations. So, in the Witcher universe, the Leshen is an amalgamation of a few different things, um, being obviously the Leshy of Slavic folklore, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, the Spriggan of Cornish lore, which, if anybody's ever played Skyrim, you've run into Spriggans before. Mm-hmm. They're weird little, like, human-sized, like, beings made of, like, vines and stuff. Yeah, plant creatures. Super hard to kill unless you've got fire. True. Um, Well, not not so much, because pl- sometimes Spriggans weren't, well, they weren't plant creatures. Yeah. They were, nope. They were always. But weren't they also, uh, like, uh, like bees and stuff like that too well yeah but they, they had bees that came out of them yeah but they were they were a plant okay a plant-based critter okay um and actually the part that i found the most fascinating is it's got a pretty good size dash of the north american wendigo in it too so if you look it up it looks like um it looks a lot like the like what the spriggans from skyrim would look like and then you just took uh like a deer skull with the antlers and everything, like a stag skull, and just slammed it on top of it. Yeah. So they're really tall, uh, very emaciated. They've got, like, some tattered, like, leather clothes and stuff like that. Big, big long fingers with, like, long claws. But their skin is still very bark-like. Uh-huh. So if you run into one, they're really, like, they're fucking hard to kill in the game. I've I've run into them and not survived and just been like, okay, I'm, I'm glad to get to restart for my save and not have to fight this piece of shit again. Yeah. Um, but in Slavic lore, the Leshy, it, it's actually still a forest protector, but instead of being a, some monstrous fucking hell beast, it's more like a giant green man with a big, long, mossy beard. Green giant. Kind of, yeah, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. So each large forest has its own Leshy. Just like the Kikimora, there's more than one, and they protect individual uh-huh. bodies of land and stuff. So, sort of, kind of like, uh, I wonder if this is where, um, I hate to break off on a tangent, but where, um, uh, what's his name, um, 
J.R. Tolkien. Yep. Got, thank uh, you. Got uh, the Ents. The Ents, yes. Yep. Treebeard, yep. That's it, exactly where it came from, actually. Oh, okay. Yep. All right, because it kind of just sounded like, it's like, okay, this, it sounds like the, like those from from uh, the Lord of the Rings. Yep, it's that's that's exactly where okay. the, where the Ents came from was uh, like Treebeard and all those guys that the walking trees were based off the Leshy. Nice. Yep, I was actually getting right to that point. Oh, okay, because I, I was just one of those things that no, just kind of popped my brain. It's fine because it shows that we're kind of somewhat on the same page after fucking eighty four episodes, <laughs> even though we don't look at each other's notes. Um, so. But the the Leshy is there to protect wildlife, protect the forest. Um, it will even protect anyone who ventures into the forest who doesn't have evil in their heart. Uh-huh. So some stories, like if you go into the forest with evil intent, you just disappear. And yeah. they blame the Leshy. Um. But if you go in and you're a good person and you're there, like, say you're hunting and you're trying to feed, for, you know, fend, you know, feed your family. Yeah. If the leshy sees that you're not there to harm anyone or anything without need and you get lost, it will help you find your way back. But for some reason, anybody who's ever survived the encounter with the leshy that's, ta- that's told them how to get back, when they get back to civilization, all of their clothes are inside out. I thought or it was just transfixed or something and they have and and they just remove their clothes or whatever and they just don't, can't put them on right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't have an actual explain, explanation for it and I didn't find anything in the lore as to why that the clothes get turned inside out. So the, the Leshy ruled the forest as a giant whose legs are often mistaken for tree trunks, which you kind of hear with other legends of giants from other areas where mm-hmm. it could be in the forest and you wouldn't know it because it just looks like a, a leg. You know, the leg looks like a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that they're very specific that his right ear, his eyebrows and his eyelashes are all missing. He has none of that. His left ear and the nose and eyes and all that other stuff to make up a face, but no right ear. Almost makes you wonder if it's, hmm. It almost makes you wonder if there's some kind of parallel there between that and maybe Odin, who's missing an eye, but I don't think so. That's just where my brain went first, but it doesn't really make sense now that I've said it out loud. No, I don't don't know. I wonder what that... That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. But, hey. We're not Slavic folklore professors or anything. No, I mean, that's just... (laughs) Now, what I thought was really cool is that Despite being a giant and being like, you know, basically towering up to the same height as the trees, if the Leshy ever leaves the forest, he would shrink to the size of a blade of grass. And then when he goes back to the forest, he'll take his regular size back. Huh. I thought that was kind of cool. Interesting. So kind of like a uh, incognito type of thing? Yeah. For him? Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. The, the, I also went to like, maybe this is what Groot's based off slightly, but it's hard to tell. Not knowing enough about Groot. Yeah. Other than he is Groot. That's pretty much all I know about him. Yeah. Not knowing enough about him to to say, okay, that's what that's what Groot is. Right. But I mean, I mean, it, it's just another one of those things where my head was like, I wonder maybe. Yeah. 
But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's you get a lot of like forest giant stories from different cultures, and they're all fairly similar. Like um, uh, the Green Man in England, which is more almost akin to a Bigfoot, but almost not at the same time because it's a forest protector giant green with a mossy beard and all that. Yeah. So a lot of it, there's a lot of similarities between Slavic lore and other lore from around the world. Hmm. Cool. So you had another one, right? Yeah. 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 So my l- last one's kind of short. It just, I, I saw it and I threw it in cause what the hell, right? Um, it's called the Bauk. Which the name comes from. So it's like the, a Street Fighter character. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The name comes from the onomatopoeia word, bow, which is a Serbian. So onomatopoeia means sound, sounds like. Well, it's the Serbian sound like word. Like pow. No. Boo. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like I said, like pow. That's an onomatopoeia where it's I, a descriptive of a sound. I know. Yeah. Well, no. Sounds like. So it sounds like that word. Oh, okay. Yeah, same difference. So bow is the, you know, similar to boo. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is used to, you know, scare someone. So they no say, shit. instead of saying, I don't know, pow, you know, or, I don't know instead of saying uh, boo, they say bow. Okay. Okay. It is an animal-like mythological creature that hides in dark and abandoned places. The Balk is a stealthy stalker with glowing eyes. It will grab, carry, and devour its prey. It usually is portrayed as a fierce predator, but it is easily scared by noise and bright light. And that's just because it lives in dark It lives places. in the dark, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that is used to... Um, scare disobedient, restless children. Basically by saying, hey, you know, if you don't mind, and, you know, at night, well, the balk is going to come and take you away and eat you. Um, it is appearance... It, its appearance is widely unknown, but most likely due to the fact that it spends the majority, like I said, of its time in the dark in secluded places. However, the bout can be identified through an eerie sound that resembles fingernails scraping against wood, which would drive me nuts. Almost yes. like nails on a chalkboard. Uh, nails on a chalkboard's worse. Now, let yeah. me ask you this. Nails on a chalkboard or a steak knife on a glass plate when you miss? And just like, that noise. Either one, I hate <laughs> it. <sighs> I, I will stop eating yeah. if I hear that. It, yeah. It's or if you've ever bitten in anything and your your top teeth have gone behind your behind your bottom they're like yeah yeah, yeah no like let's squeak no i'm no. done eating after that no yeah anyway no so fingernails scraping against wood this sound is said to be a balk's croak and creates it to signal its presence when it is near and preparing to devour its victim okay when light is shown upon the balk, it can only it will only be fr- uh, frighten it, but it can also harm it. Oh, okay. Like similar to a vampire, right? The belt can be destroyed when it is uh, in prolonged exposure to intense light. A beam of light from a flashlight can make it uh, can take time. However, 
when it comes into contact with sunlight, the destruction is imminent. Okay. It's going to happen. So they don't have to stay in the direct sunlight for the full time. As long as the no. sunlight hits them, they're dead pretty yeah. much. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> now, okay. One I was going to cover because it's covered in the show and in uh-huh. the books very, very early on. I didn't want to do it because it doesn't need to be here. It could be in a vampire episode was the Striga or the Striga. Uh. So I, I, I shied away from that. Instead, I found one of the, one of the creatures from the game that I had that I thought was like one of the most weird things I've ever seen. And that is the botchling. I'm going to read this directly from the witcher.fandom.com website because I didn't write it out. Uh Um, So the botchling or uh, in Polish known as the Poroniak is a small creature resembling a highly deformed fetus created from the improper burial of unwanted stillborn infants. They prey on pregnant women. So in the game, not only is the child unwanted, but it was also unnamed, which is another reason that it came back. While hiding beneath beds, botchlings sap the expectant mother of strength, and once she is completely defenseless, it will latch on and directly feed off of her blood, killing both her and the unborn child. As botchlings are born from improper burial rites and were unwanted, they can be transformed into a lubberkin, which... Uh, you do that by performing the elven naming ritual. So you give them a proper burial with a name beneath the family's threshold and they can turn into a lubberkin, which is like a, a protective spirit. Uh-huh. Um, one of the best things from this is the beginning of the bestiary entry where you get a quote from Lambert, who is a witcher of the wolf school, the same school as uh-huh. Geralt is part of. He says, saying a botchling is ugly is like saying shit is not particularly tasty. Can't say it's a lie, but it doesn't exactly convey the whole truth either. <laughs> so the the Peroniac, which is what the botchling is based off of, mm-hmm. is, uh, I mean, it's it's almost exactly the same. The Peroniac is an evil and malicious spirit that arose from the improper burial of a stillborn child. Um, so being a Polish uh, piece of lore the game developers stuck to it very, very closely. And so did the author because it's, it's Polish. So they obviously know their lore better than they would know other lore. And they're going to stick as closely to theirs as they can with stuff like that. Um, yeah, the botchling's fucking weird. Cause it, it literally looks like a, like a fucked up fetus. And you have to, you can either a, try to bring it back to the threshold and have the father bury it or you can fight it and fighting it turns it into a completely different creature altogether. Huh. So if you bring it back, you basically have to fend off like uh, wraiths and spirits and stuff like that. And once in a while, it'll start to like get after him and you got to hit it with a spell yep. and then you just have him go all the way back through. Um, it's one of the cooler storylines in the game that I've, I've run into so far, but um, huh. it was, it was weird. It was, it's a real weird looking thing. So it's like uh if you were to take like an unborn child and gave it like shark teeth almost. Yeah. It's creepy. So, th- so I looking back on all these, I have to say it's kind of like reminds me of the reason why um, Hans Christian Andersen and the, uh, the Grimm brothers took the lore of the times 
Yep. And actually wrote them down. Yes. Because there was this fear that you had to have some kind of fear. And so they had these you know, cautionary tales. Exactly what that, it was. That made you, you know, kids not want to go into the forest, you know, because just so they wouldn't get lost. Yep. Well, tales like the same way in the Slavic region where same thing happened. Don't go near the water because, you know, this could happen. Don't go into the woods because this happened. Don't mess around with the the crop because, you know, this can happen. Yes. We've got the same thing here, though, because that's what a lot of people think that the stories of Bigfoot were from back when, like, when the Native American tribes were around was don't go into the woods because the giants will eat you. I tend to think that that was more experience than well, folklore, you know? Yeah, but I mean, we also, you know, you probably had something like that when you were a kid that you turned out. And you found it wasn't actually true. Right. And then there's um, there's one from up in our neck of the woods in the northeast, the Manageshi, which was a, a Native American water spirit that if you went near the water or you were in a canoe or something, it'd tip you over and it would drown you. Yeah. So you get the same kind of stories from all over the world with the same results. Well, I mean, how, I, I even had like a couple personal ones when I was a kid. Like there was one that... Uh, Oh, was it dear friends of the family that always told the you know, they told their their grandson who I was friends with, basically said, "Hey, don't go." You know, this guy, old crazy guy. You know, he did this or did this because towns have those have the uh, the story of the old crazy guy right. that you know had killed you know these number of kids or whatever. Don't go do this because or near that because you might have something to happen or don't go out at night. You know because this guy's gonna kill you. Yeah. You know, kind of like us with the the Bunny Man and uh, the Frog Man and yeah. all those other ones. Or the Side Hill Gouger, one that yes. my, my dad's friend always used to tell me that he got yelled at about. Like, you got to get home before dark or else the Side Hill, Gouger, Side Hill Gouger will get you. Which is basically an old fucking lumberjack story of a monster that's got one leg way longer than the other, so it can only run on side hills. Yeah. But, yeah. There's some, like, a lot of similar stories between completely different cultures all for the same reasoning. Well, I mean, it would make sense that, um, like for, like, uh, uh, the grim tales, because that was German. Right. And well, the black forest is, you know, huge, huge. And Germany's close to Poland mm-hmm. that, you know, it wouldn't, tr- it would translate over. Right. Now, some of them would. No, but I mean like cultures that are completely separated from each other. Oh, yeah. Like, you have the same stories in, basically the same stories in England that you're getting in Russia. Like, you've got, yeah. you know, same, like, North America and China. You're getting the same kind of things. Oh, yeah. It's like, the, you know, the yokai of, of Japan. Yeah. You know, same, same difference with them. So. But, yeah. With that being said, I think that's all we got for this week. I yeah. um, think we do. We don't know what we're doing next week. We'll figure some shit out, though. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, that's right. But before we get going, I am super excited that we finally get to do this. We have Patreon shoutouts to do. <gasps> we got two patrons this week. Uh, we wanted to say thank you to Robert Groom and Bobby. I really hope, Bobby, I'm so sorry if I mispronounce your name. Shavera, I think. And they are both uh, $5 backers, so they get a free episode on the Patreon. Nice. So we got to do that, too. 
And if you guys want to figure out what that is, guess you got to get on the $5 Patreon thing and get a free episode. It's, you know, I mean, it's not really free, but it's whatever. You get an extra episode, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Um, yes, thank you, thank you. And, again, go check out uh, uh, darkwindowspod.threadless.com. Get a T-shirt, get a sweatshirt, get, uh, I don't know, you get notebooks and stuff there, too. Mm-hmm. we got all kinds of crazy shit. And the prices really aren't that bad. No. I mean, it's like 15 20 bucks for a T-shirt. It's pretty good. It is. Go check out studio.com. Check out the earbuds, headphones, speaker. Yeah. Put them in your basket. Get uh, Put in the promo code of DarkWindows15. Get 15% off. Yes. And it still happens that if, if you just forget about any of this information and be like, hey, wait a minute. What was that website the guys told us to go to yeah. for Threadless? Or how do we get to there? What's the, you know, the, the headphones thing? How do we get to there? The Patreon. How, how do we do that? Yeah. Or if you're just like, bitch, I want your show notes. Exactly. No, you don't want our show notes. Well, all mine are digital, so I can send you copies of my show notes if you want. <laughs> oh, um. But if you, know, if you forget any of that stuff, you can find us on Facebook. At, we're on Dark Windows Podcast. As far as I know, we're the only one on there. We are, because nobody else is dumb enough to be as dumb as we are. That's true. And we are. No, we're not dumb. We yeah. are pretty dumb. All right, fine. <laughs> or you can email us at darkwindowspod at, at gmail.com. Gmail. There you go. I was, I was doing the whole thing. And we're on Twitter. At Dark Windows Pod. And we're on Instagram. At Dark Windows Pod. Yes. We don't do Twitter as much as we should. We, I don't, uh, I don't really even do Instagram as much as I should either. But I haven't done it as lot. It's because lot Facebook's lately. easier for me. I'm, I'm an old man and I'm like, oh, Facebook. Yeah, I remember how to use you. Yeah. But with, so other than that, I got nothing else. How about you? Uh, no, not really. And yeah, you know, again, just thank you everybody for making us keep coming back and doing this week after week. We really appreciate it. Yes. I, I, you know, I, we love you guys. Yeah. And that's just not, not just us saying it. You know, we really generally do. We love the discussions. We love people posting stuff on Facebook, Instagram, help do that too. Yeah. Post more, just, you know, keep it going. I want to get great conversations. Flood us. <laughs> I, I want to get great conversations going on Facebook. I would just love that. Like the, uh, the thing I posted with the, uh, convicted murderer who killed two child molesters in prison and we're just like everybody had some input on it but we all kind of came to the same conclusion of I guess that's what you get for being a child molester <laughs> true but you know yeah, yeah just just keep going at yeah. it I want to I'd love to hear you know all this stuff I'd like to see it yeah I don't interact as much because I like seeing what you guys are doing but I, I do you know interact some with it and post pictures of your fucking dogs Seriously. What? Yes, do it. God, here. How many times do I have to ask you people? I want to see pictures of animals. Because that's pretty much what I do on Facebook. Yes. And and I also have to say, this is one of those, uh, you know, I know we're, we're kind of rambling here at the end, <laughs> but um, when we say, you know, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you or whatever. Fucking well, you. listen, asshole. This is one of those reasons, like this episode... And some of the other ones are part of the reason why we, you know, came up with dark windows is because you don't, you can't, you know, you look in that dark window and you kind of go, hey, what the hell's behind there? You know, yeah. but you don't know what's you know, looking back out at you. Is it something not so bad or is it something creepy as shit? Yeah. Like an angler fish mixed with an owl. 
That's creepy. true. That's weird. You know, is it a Striga or is it an Ovenic or, you know, you have to worry about your house getting burned down, you know. Is this some guy selling single, like, unused tampons? What is it? Or is it a balk that's going to eat your ass as soon as you walk in the dark? I think the guy selling tampons out of a trench coat is probably scarier. You know what? What are you selling? <laughs> what are you buying? Heavy flow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but anyway, we, you know, let's... let's uh, we're going to sign off now. We're going to sign off yeah. because, you know, we're just rambling. Yep. Anyway, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Toodaloo. Goodbye, goodbye in Russian. <laughs>